So hello, I'm Ben Smith with the Love and Goliath podcast, and I'm so excited to talk to the winner of the Ultimate Guide Challenge, Men's Health Ultimate Guide Challenge, Corwin Collier. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> good, good. I was so excited to talk. Like I, like I said, like I told you, I was listening to some some interviews by you, and I was telling my wife. So so we're we're huge Seahawks fans right now, right? Right. And I, and I like, we're all Gino Smith, right? And we're just like, oh, Gino, Gino, Gino. And I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know. Gino Collier now. Like, I'm just like, I, I got a mad crush on both these guys now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, nah, Gino. I'm like, well, you got to listen to Collier. <laughs> so I'll, I'll convince her. She's going to love you as much as I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. So, um, so what do you, uh, what do you tell people a little bit about who you are? I mean, aside from being the ultimate, ultimate guy of uh, 2023. Um, well, let's see. I'm a former uh, military police for the U.S. Army. Um, served for a couple of years before I got deployed to Iraq, and so eventually, what happens is, you know, I end up going to Iraq in 2000. And being injured, and in the process of me being injured and almost losing my life, I ended up spending like nine months in the hospital, and um, lost my fingers on my right hand, lost most of my right leg, and so I had to go through a process of just uh, not only physical recovery but mental health recovery and, and things of that nature. And so, upon leaving the hospital, I actually got went back to school at the University of Akron in Ohio and got my. Uh, master's degree in education and um, became a teacher. And I've been teaching for almost the last 10 years now. Um, I've been a track coach also, because I used to run track when I was in college. And I've always had a passion for the sport. So I've been a track coach for probably, I would say at least 14, 15 years now. Um, and so basically, and, and then, you know, I got into what's called men's physique. Um, in the bodybuilding world, and I started competing in that back in 2014 and earned my pro card in 2016 and became an IFBB pro. Um, and so I just been kind of dabbling in just different things and just um, just creating this life uh, outside of what um, the hospital told me that I would have and saying that I would only be limited to certain things and um, limited only to a certain lifestyle and certain uh, areas. And so I've just kind of been crushing and doing everything they told me I couldn't do. And so nice. that's it. Well, on that note, you have a book called Count It Out. So that's basically, as I heard you say before, that it's, it's a pretty short book, but it's very concise. And it's really about like, you know, being taking life as it is and just being limitless. Yes. Right, yeah. So I wrote a book um, back in uh, 2020 during COVID because we pretty much all had nothing but time on our hands. So, uh, <laughs> so I wrote a book, um, and then I I finished. Once I finished it, it went through the editing process and, and everything that it, like it had to go through in order to be published and things of that nature. And so um, it came out last October, October of 2021. I released it towards the end of that month. Um, and I, I named it Counted Out because that's how I, I felt during the entire process of me being in the hospital, me going through therapy and things like that. I felt like I was being counted out as far as the type of life that I was allowed to um, experience and have. And so that was a big 
thing for me to be able to write that and kind of put out my story. And But I also did it because I wanted people to see from a, um, a soldier's perspective. I think we see um, we see war films and we see things of that nature. Like from like we've seen Lone Survivor, we've seen um, American Sniper, um, we've Rebel. seen movies, like <laughs> we've seen movies where they're based off um, these guys who go through these heroic events and, and accomplish these great things, which is awesome. But I wanted to write a book that kind of went through and seen what it was like for us to recover mm-hmm. and how us to kind of get over some barriers, especially the mental barriers of dealing with PTSD, um, trying to reintegrate into society, trying to reintegrate with your family. So that's what my book was was made for. And it was about trying to find a path and creating a, a, a new life because you will never be the same. And I think we I think we said that like, once again, like with COVID, we said things will never be the same. I think it's the same thing when we talk about uh, coming back home from war, things will never be the same because what you've experienced and things like that. And then if you've been injured, it definitely will never be the same. So I, like I said, I wrote it and I made, and it wasn't to be this long um, drawn out book. And like I said, I wanted it to be precise. I wanted to be just hit on what was important for people to take away. I didn't want you to have to read it and have to really think about like, cause you went through so much muddle of, of just different things. I wanted you to be able to take away the, as soon as you were finished with it, the idea of what it's like to have to deal with sometimes with emotional and mental trauma and how you can overcome that if you really, uh, if you focus in, on a goal and you surround yourself with good people. Yeah, you know, I, I, just on that note, because I want to go back a little bit so people just under, I, I know you're probably sick of talking about it, but but what would you say before we go back to the the accident, this and that, what would you say is that number one thing, that number one thing that people can grasp um, to kind of move forward from trauma or whatever? I think the number one thing people can grasp it for, to move on from trauma is that no matter what, you can always, you can always get better. That, you know, it's always seems dark and it always will seem dark. But there's always light in that situation, and you have to um, you have to just focus on that light. And I know the light may sometimes be very small. And you may not be able to um, always be a hundred percent, you know, dedicated to it. But as long as you can focus on that light, it's it gets better. And I think that's what I want people to understand that like I had my dark days, I had my suicide days, I had those depression days. So, um, but I stayed I stayed committed on to the light of what I knew would be at the end of the tunnel nice i always say you know i mean my business is all about you know i say the goliath foundation exists to inspire hope because healing only happens in the presence of hope so i mean that's basically what you're saying you got to have that spark of hope yes yeah you definitely got to have you definitely got to have um hope at the end of the day because without hope you have nothing it's true um so I you I know again I know you're probably sick of talking because right, everybody wants to hear your story now. But could you give people a little uh, a quick little rundown about the uh, the accident and and you were a mil- you were in the military police and yeah just take it from there. It, it, to say as much as you want to. So um, basically, we were on a convoy. Um, we were in a convoy. We we're on our way. We had just got done with our mission for the day. And so we were, in in uh, Iraq, right? In Iraq, yes. We had got done with our mission for the day. And so I were, as we were getting back to going back to base, basically, um, my truck was hit by um, 
a roadside bomb. And so the bomb detonated on my side of the truck because I sit in I was sitting in the passenger seat. Um, and so when the bomb detonated and hit, like the initial blast, like I had no idea anything had happened to me or uh, whatsoever. It wasn't until I actually looked over to the right hand side of me and realized that there was blood like everywhere. Um, and then I realized that I was hit. And so me being naturally left-handed, like my left hand clearly you know, was on the op on this side of me. And so my right hand was down by my door where the bomb detonated at. And so when I moved my right hand from the door, I realized it was completely like just hit and it was mangled. And so um, I was pinned into my truck at that time because the bomb, the way it hit, it smashed in my door and my dashboard. So it trapped my right leg too. So in, in that process, you know, I was sitting, like I was, I was stuck, you know, so I had to wait for my squad to be able to come and get me and rescue me and get me out of the truck. And so I was, while I was in there though, I actually still was able to communicate and do my job as a leader. And I, um, I was actually still on my mic, calling back to base, calling back to uh, try to get a, a helicopter to come save me. So. I still, like, even though, like, all of this stuff was happening, I'm bleeding to death. I'm, like, I'm literally sitting on top of the bomb because it stops underneath my seat. Um, it's burning through my legs and things like that. And I can't feel anything because my adrenaline is, like, on a thousand. So, um, and it severs my artery in my right leg. So, this, that's pretty much how I almost lost my life because I was losing so much blood from my artery. And so, um, my squad eventually was able to, um, get me out of the truck and then put me onto another another vehicle to get me to where the landing site of the helicopter was at. And so that's pretty much once they did that, um, they got me there. They got me to another hospital and a small hospital that we have out in Iraq. They the doctors did what they needed to do at that point in time. And then I I ended up passing out because of the blood loss. And I woke up like I want to say two three days later. I was in Germany and I had no idea what had happened, I had no idea that I was even out that long. Um, but I woke up, I was in Germany, and from there, that's when they ended up flying me back home to Washington, D.C., where I stayed at a hospital called Walter Reed, and that's where I spent the nine months at. Just recovering, uh, like, for the physical part of it, but but uh, I know the the mental part of it was, was a lot, probably a lot harder. Yeah, the mental part was we didn't, I didn't, um, and, I, and I talk a lot about this in, in my book, Count It Out, um, as far as I I played it off the entire time. Like I always, like I did what most most, what most men do and most men in the military do. I'm like, I'm okay, I'm fine, I don't need help. Uh, I got this, I'm straight, you know what I'm saying? And so they offered me help. I, I will say that um, Walter Reed did offer me help several times and I would just be, I would blow it off. Like, I don't, uh, I'm good, I got this. And it wasn't until I actually physically got back, you know what I'm saying, got back home. And then I realized more and more and more that I wasn't okay. And it was my wife who actually noticed it too, that I wasn't okay. And so it was because of her, um, I was able to kind of go into get help and get counseling and things like that and kind of help recover um, the mental side and things like that. And so I would, I actually ended up going and, and doing sessions and things like that to kind of like help um, bring me back to, being myself because um, I I was so focused on the physical part. Like I was like, as long as I get back physically, I think I should be straight. But even though as I was getting back physically well and, and, and doing everything again, I still wasn't 
where I needed to be mentally. And so, like I said, if, if it wasn't for my wife recognizing those signs, recognizing I was, wasn't 100% okay, then I probably wouldn't have, um, I, I probably would have struggled a lot longer and who knows what would have happened. Hmm. So just to, just to clarify, so you have a wife and three boys, right? Yeah, I got a wife and yes, three, three sons all together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as you're doing the mental recovery, what, what was the thing that you, you kind of clipped onto that kind of like started, you know, I mean, there's so many things that you could focus on, but what was the focus for you that really kind of started getting the ball rolling for your recovery, your mental recovery? The focus for me was, was my family, was that I needed to be better for them. Um, and that, you know, I had an opportunity, like, um, like, and when I was in the truck, I asked God for two things. I was like, let me see my wife and let me see my kids, my kids grow up. I was like, I don't care what happens to me physically. And I felt like I I owed it to myself and I owed it to, um, I owed it to God for giving me the opportunity to allow me to have those two things again. So it was important that I actually fulfilled that part of, I guess, the deal <laughs> that I had prayed for. And so, I realized that I needed to be better for them because the, like my son, like anybody know who knows me knows that my 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 wife and my sons are my world. They they I, everything revolves around them. I do everything I do is for them. Um, so I felt like that's that was my my light my my little hope was mm-hmm. I would be better for them and that I would be able to create. Um, a, a strong everlasting um, family and be a great husband and father. So once I started to realize that they were the most important things in my life and that, you know, me not being here would probably hurt them more. um, That's when I started to really hone in and and really start to work on um, myself and being better for myself. So, so you you grasp that but what when you because i mean everybody everybody um has things that they want to you know that are important to them but but what do you do when you uh, and this i'm just asking you directly but what do you do when you're you're like okay my family means everything and god you know did his part i gotta do my part but i'm feeling blue or i'm feeling like uh, like i could feel myself going down this hole or whatever i mean you're still gonna like how did what was what was your thing that kept pulling you back beyond beyond just your family and your promise to god i mean is it like i'm a survivor i'm a winner i'm like what was it um i I can't really say what kept me motivated that whole time i think it was just this whole thing that i i think it was the fact that i was like i'm alive it's like i i really could be dead like the more and more i thought about it like i'm like i'm and i looked at the fact that um, what it took to save my life as far as, you know, how, as far as the blood loss and then having to get 13 other people to donate blood to me on site and and, wow. and, and all the other things that kind of went into Like I was, I always thought to myself, like, man, I really, really could have just been gone. And so I think that, like you said, I think to me, just the fact that me always saying to myself, like, I survived. And I think, you know what I'm saying? I, that's what made me kind of keep going too outside of my family. Like I just, just think like, and I still think that too. My dad sometimes like, I, I was like, man, I'm. Really, 
really could have the more I think about it, but and so I think that's even today it's still one of those things that I kind of push like when I'm uh feel like, you know, do I really want to go work out today? Do I really want to go this do this or do that or anything? I'm like, man, I, I, like the life I've lived for the last going on 14 years have, has been nothing short of amazing to me as far as the things that I've been able to accomplish um overall. So I think nice. that mentality still stays in my head like that I, I these 14 years probably wouldn't have never happened had I just, you know what I'm saying, not been um, strong in my faith and just kept going the way I did. So if I had to uh, put a word on there, would it be kind of accurate to say just a real appreciation for life? Yeah, I definitely, like I tell people all the time, like life is a beautiful thing. Like no matter how messed up it can be, no matter the ups and downs, man, there's way more ups and there's downs. <laughs> really focus if you if you only focus on the down part yeah it sucks but if you just look at all the beautiful moments that, that life creates and that you, you know, that you have it like and it's short like to me it's a short time frame and you only got so much time in it here and when you start focusing on your negative then that time is gonna shoot past you real quick like um me being a teacher i tell my students all the time like i'm like Dude, it don't even feel like, cause I teach at the same high school I graduated from. So I'm like, dude, it don't even feel like I've been out of here for 23 years. I'm like, I graduated 23 years ago and I can still, it still feels like I can recall so many different things of just being in this high school, being around here, living in this neighborhood and things of that nature. So I'm like, life is, it, it goes past so fast. And if you don't appreciate it while you're here, like you, you lose out. It's true. It's true. So, so going back to the, um, the high school and everything. So you were a track star and that was your real passion before going to the army, correct? And you were also, yeah, yeah you were a real star too, right? I, um, I was really digging the track. Like I love track. Like it was my passion. It was like I had dreams, I had hopes and, and things of that nature. I really wanted to go to the next level. Um, I think injuries and things like that. Um, prevented me um and, and some other things like uh, as far as uh different coaching and things of that nature that I kind of like didn't didn't get and that I really needed to in order to excel to the next level but I had that passion but you know um and then I ended up being becoming a father having my kids and so I kind of put the back burner as far as making sure that my priorities was my my son's first but when I was like I told people when I was in Iraq I actually literally was training to uh to come back from Iraq to try to mm. um, make a run at the U.S. Championships and then hopefully like build a career from there as far as nice. um, um, and trying to I wanted to see if I can at least make one last shot in like the 2012 Olympics. So I figured I could get back home around 2010, hopefully make the U.S. Championships in 2010 and 11, and then hopefully step myself up for um, 2012. Because so I literally was in Iraq. I literally be I would run, I would work out. I, like I literally kept training hard because I knew once I got back home, I really wanted to go for this. And so when that, I guess, you know, I got that curveball tossed at me. And so life kind of changed and, and I didn't. So, but now I get to coach, I've been coaching, like I said, for like almost 14, 15 years. Um, I love that aspect of it because now I get to, um, you know, coach the sport that I love. And I also get to help kids, um, you know, who are passionate about the sport like I am to try to get to the next level.
Nice. So I just got to say, um, again, I listened to one of your, one of your interviews and you were saying 800 meter, you, you tried the 800 meter or you were going to do the 800 meter and it was a nightmare. I was an 800 guy. I couldn't spread. I was always, I was like, <laughs> but you're a hundred meter guy and a hurdle guy. I, like I'm going to tell you, I, I ride track when I was younger, man, I tried the hundred meter, the hurdles, me, watching me go over the hurdles was like so laughable. So, <laughs> so I laughed when I heard that part of your interview. But you're yeah. you're a real hurdler, eh? Yeah, my coach, uh, my middle school coach, who actually ended up becoming my high school coach, and who's still a friend of mine to this day. Um, he didn't like he knew I was fast, but he was just kind of like he didn't think I was like that fast compared to like some of the other guys on the team. Even though I could beat most of the guys on the team, <laughs> um, mm. so he yeah, had put me in the eight hundred. I'm dude. I'm not running. I'm not running a half mile. I'm not. About to run. Uh, around this track uh, two times and so I literally I mean I literally fell into the hurdles on accident like it was just it just so happened nobody was running it um the event and I asked him like can I go run this and he, he was like sure it was like the like I had never ever ran over a hurdle knew nothing about the event whatsoever and it just so happened that I was I, I knew for some reason my body just knew what to do automatically just running over the hurdles and I, and I won and I won, and like I won the one ten hurdles, and in middle school it was a two hundred hurdles, so I won both of those events. And he, he was just like, "I guess you're a hurdler." And so then he started teaching me like actual technique and things of that nature. And so and me and my older brother both just started running them out of nowhere, and 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 that's how we just me and, me and him both became hurdlers, and mm -hmm. and we just kind of took off with it. Nice. So. Well, I I, um, I had some some um, issues with injuries and things like that that kind of derailed some of my plan. I was a boxer and a bodybuilder, but um, which I know you're also a bodybuilder too, which I'd love to talk to you about. But but what do you do? What what is your opinion? What do you do when you have when you have a dream like track or or whatever it is, an athletic dream that because of injuries or or whatever it's it it you know it it doesn't materialize because of something that was kind of maybe beyond your control. How, how do you, how do you find peace with that? Um, I just looked at all the stuff that I accomplished and I, I, and I, and I realized that I had um, a very successful, um, I guess you can call it amateur uh, career as far as just, you know, I looked at my high school stats. Um, I looked at, I looked at my college things that I did and I, I felt like, I accomplished enough to where I'm happy. And mm. so I'm good. Like, I, I feel like I'm good with everything I did. Like, I just feel like, you know, most people who can compete don't even get to the level that some of us get to. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I'm, I'm cool. Um, mentally, I feel like I accomplished way more than then I then then what like I said then what most people do most people you know what I'm saying they you know we got kids who run track in high school but never make it to the state meet I made it to the state meet I placed at the state meet you got people who run in college and never make it to nationals I actually placed the nationals um, uh, conference champion and, and I I got accolades yeah. and things so I feel like you know what I'm saying once you once I look at my resume. Uh, what I've done, I'm I'm content. Like, granted, yes, I would have been great to say, "Ooh, USA Championship and Olympic qualifier," but at the end of the day, you know, that's still only a very small percentage of, of the world. Any that actually mm -hmm. that level. So, 
like I said, I, you got to be happy with what you've done and kind of realize, look at your look at your overall body of work and not just that one end part. That's kind of the way I look at it too, which brings me to a funny point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about the men's health thing. So it must be a trip. I want to talk to you about being on the magazine, cover the magazine and everything, but, but obviously, you know, I made it pretty far too. And I got the, it was a joke. It was kind of a funny thing to me. Cause my daughter entered me. Right. And I thought, ah, and then it got, you know, how it gets whittled down. Right. And then right. I, got, I got the call from, or I got the email from Stephanie. Right. And uh, she's like, okay, well, the next thing is uh, our, our editorial team will contact you. And I'm like, I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York. And I was like, right. I had all these plans. I'm like, what am I going to see in New York and all this stuff? I thought I'd made the top three. And I was like, right. oh, man. And then uh, and then when it went on and on and on, a couple of days went on, I was like so blue for a minute. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to New York. And then, <laughs> and then all that kind of stuff happened. But I was like, dude dude, look how far you made it. And then I had to give my house up. I had a head of shake. It's like, it's like, <laughs> so. so I get it. Yeah. Um, I was in the same boat, like with, when, you know, when everything started transpiring and started happening, like I did it, on, I did it back in, like, I want to say it was 2017. I want to say 18, 17. I had entered the contest back then. And just like you, I was in, I had literally like, I was like, oh man, I'm, like, I'm about to, and then I was only in like the top 10 or something like that. Uh, the same, so, the same contest, the same men's yeah. health one? Oh, okay. It so is, you can yeah. re-enter it, eh? Yeah. So, okay. so what happened was when this one came up, I literally seen it on Instagram. Like I saw, I was scrolling on my Instagram and I kind of just like, uh, I was like, it's like, well, last time I really only was 10. I was like, all right. So. I was like, eh, I ain't gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna do it. Then so then I then once again I seen it on my in my news feed again. I was like, all right, so maybe I I was like, okay, this is my second time seeing it. I was like, let me just go ahead and do it. And so I literally just like I, I went through and asked the question, but I didn't expect nothing from it. I was I didn't like same like you. I didn't think nothing of it. I just kind of said it is what it is. I'll see what happens. And so then when we got the email, I think. Uh, it had to be like it had to be August. It was definitely in August because I it was the first day of school when I got it, um, and it was for the first day the teachers had to report back to school. So I remember definitely getting it and I opened it, and we had those questions we had to answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I they asked us to answer some questions or you know make a video answer the question. So I did the video of course because I was like that. I'm not I, sitting there. I did too. I, and so I literally. Re Applied back to them within, I would say, 15 minutes of getting the email, and they and they was like, "This is the fastest reply we ever had." <laughs> and I, it was funny because, like I said, <laughs> I, I like because I had nothing. I was literally just setting up my classroom at the time, so I was like, "Oh, I got I got time right now, real quick to um, do this." And so, I then it kind of like. Once again, like you said, it just kind of dies down and that nothing was said. So I was just like, all right, whatever. Like I asked the questions, I'll see what happens. And so that's when I got the, uh, like around September, I want to say, yeah, September-ish. They had sent me a, well, an email and it was like, can you talk and on the phone, blah, blah, blah. And that's when they told me I was one of the uh, three finalists and I was going to come out to New York to do a photo shoot and things of that nature. So that's when I kind of, I was excited because I was in the top three. And to me, that was like, that was the, the epitome. Like, I'm like, I don't, 
like if I won the cover, great. But I was like, I'm in the top three. I'm going to be like, I was like, I'm going to be featured in this magazine regardless. Big with an article and things like that. My pictures would be there. Cool. And so once we got to New York, the two days, we were, like two and a half days, we were there. We're, you know what I'm saying? Meeting Brad and Felipe and, you know, getting to hang out with them, talk with the editors and things like that, being down to um, Hearst Building. Um, it was all, you know what I'm saying? It was great. Like, um, I will say to people uh, who thought, like, you guys see the photos and they're like, a photo shoot is not as fun as it looks. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, lot, lot of just do that again, do this again, take it again. Take it out. That ain't your, your arm running away. You had your eyes closed. You did this, like, do it again, do it again. So it was a lot. Like, it's a lot. But it was, like I said, it was, but it was fun because the photographer, and I can't think of his name, um, he made it, he made it fun though. He, he definitely was a, um, energized guy and I had a blast um, with that and so once again all that happens I go back home it goes dark again so it's like I said I'm like I know they said so then they actually then they did say I think they sent they sent the email to us and it's like oh we, we changed it to January because it was supposed to be December but they, right. we got, it was like we got an opportunity with um it was a rock. It was a rock. It was like the, for uh, the December cover. It was like they didn't, you know. It was like uh, we got this big opportunity. You know, he actually had had time in his schedule to, you know, to do the cover for the December issue. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's a rock. You know, I, I get it. <laughs> Not on that level. So <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, "What? You gonna push me off for the rock? Come on now." So they was like, they'll announce the winner. You know later so i'm like cool um and so then i get an email they're asking me hey you know we talked to the today show the today show really likes your story and they want you to come out and you know talk about your experience uh with the ultimate guy challenge and search and so on and so forth um so i was like cool i'm like you know i was like well you know i gotta give me some dates and things like that let me look you know because I'm, I'm a teacher so i can't just up and just you know what I'm always lead and we were um testing too at that time so i was like let me figure out what's going on with the testing schedule with my students and then i can make a decision from there and so i was like boom it was like all right these are the dates i was like all right cool i'll be there so i get there you know and still they had no one no, like nobody's telling me anything like and so i'm like where the other two guys it was like oh no it was just you you know what i'm saying blah 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 and i'm like all right cool you know, so I'm thinking, like, I thought they were going to be there, too, at first, because I'm like, you know, it's a top three, that you know, whatever. And so when I go on the Today Show, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, literally, they're just going to ask me about my life and experience and what it was like to be in the contest and so forth. And then that's when they were like, boom, you won. And it just caught me off guard. And, and I was just like, I mean, I was excited, like, because... Like I said, for me, all I cared about was like if I was in the top three, I was happy. But to see myself on the cover and, and to see so many different people um, that I know from college, the military, just my professional life, just so many people like getting the magazine, telling me they got it, or they seen the magazine, and so on and so forth. It's it's I would say January has been uh, a crazy going over two weeks now so far. Like, I mean, although it happened like almost a month ago in December, but everybody now really seeing it on shelves and things like that. It's been a crazy like, two weeks. Um, 
Wow, that's, that's awesome. I heard the story you told about being at the gas station. You're like, hey, look at the cover. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is, like, I personally have not been able to find it in stores. Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. What? I've been stores in, in Northeast Ohio trying to find the, the magazine and I can't find it. And it's that to me, that's the crazy part about it. And I've had people contact me like, man, where, is, where can I get it? So so many people have been ordering it off of Amazon. The majority of the people who've actually been getting it have been my friends who are like, like and I guess I got a lot of friends who go to the airport on a regular because a lot of them just been like in, in airports. Like, like they have literally been in air, like every airport, I think all through the United States. And I've had friends from, um, Florida, Texas, um, Detroit, New York, uh, one friend out in Cali. Like I've had friends all uh, all over the place in airports. Like, like I got your magazine. Where I said, I got it. I got like, and that's been the crazy part about it. So, or they just like some of them like they got subscriptions to Men Help, and so they getting it that way. Um, like I said, or other people have like I said they gone to Amazon and gotten it, but it's definitely been. I guess you know print print media is not as big as it uh, probably was. 10, 10, 20 years ago. Um, so it's been hard, like I said, for me to just even find it myself. Well, it's funny because uh, I, I got mine. I was in Mexico and and I, I re when I realized, I did the same thing. I was like, isn't this supposed to be out? So I, I emailed and he was like, oh, it's coming out the 22nd. And then we were in Mexico. And, we got, and so when we came back, I got it from the same thing, the airport. But I'm going to tell you, I was like, I was like flipping through it. I was like, I scratched out everybody's name and then I just put a circle. <laughs> I was like, scratch, 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 Ben. <laughs> but uh, no, it was awesome. It was, it was a great magazine. It was a great article. I watched the little video that you guys did. It was yeah. awesome. Thank you to our new sponsor and friend of the podcast, New New Bioceuticals. New science-based nutraceutical supplements engineered to elevate your new mind and new body. Use code Benjamin Smith for 10% off your purchase at newnewbioceuticals.com. That's code Benjamin Smith for 10% off. Thank you again, Nunu. New and now back to the show. But hey, I just want to kind of be a little bit uh, conscious of like, okay, you have so many lessons and like to, to teach, but, but I, again, hope, hope is a big one, but what were the, uh, did you have like habits and strategies to keep you focused every day? Like to kind of, okay, I got to move forward. I know that you're a bodybuilder, so you probably the fitness and the nutrition aspect was a very good focus point, but did you, what kind of habits and rituals did you create to just keep you in that mindset? Okay, let's move forward. Um, affirmations. Um, I believe in affirmations. I believe in positive affirmations every day. Um, saying something positive to yourself in the mirror every morning. And I think that that works for me. Um, and I try to teach it to my sons. I try to uh, teach it to my uh, my students. I believe in um, just you have to wake up with a positive mindset. I think that was my biggest habit, um, always saying something positive. Um, I never, uh, I believe in that. Uh, I believe in leaving work at work too. That's my biggest habit too. Like I don't, um, people find this weird. I don't bring home no papers. I'm not grading nothing when I go home. Um, I'm not, I'm not writing the lesson plans when I go home. I'm not doing none of that. I use all uh, what I use my time at work for work. So anything I got to create and do, I do it while I'm at work. So, you know, every teacher has what we call a planning 
period and things of that nature. So during my planning period, during my that time that I'm not there is no students with me, I'm using that time to create whatever I need to create. And that and to me, that's been my biggest thing. Is like I think we as as society, as people, we like we when you bring your work home to your life, it just it messes everything up. And that's just extra added stress, extra added thing you bring into your own life that you don't need. And so for me, I never do that. And so I think that's one of my big, one of, like I said, I don't know if that's a habit or something like that, but it's one of them things that I'm very, very conscious of that I just, I believe you leave, you should leave work at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let me see what else. Uh, and I believe in just like, I mean, granted, I hate to say it, I think the military just taught me to be routine. Like, I believe in, like, you got to have some type of routine. Like, granted, the routine can deviate sometimes, but I feel like you got to have some type of consistency in your life. Um, when you don't have a routine or some type of consistency in your life, then it's like, you know, things kind of can go all over the place. So having a plan, to me, you got to have a plan. Like, yeah. That's another thing to me is like having a plan, like have, you can set goals all day, but how do you accomplish these goals mm. without that? So that's, so I guess that's how the routine comes into, comes into play for me. Like, all right, so I have a plan. I mean, I have a goal. All right, so now let me set a plan. Now with that plan, I need some type of routine in order to stay on that plan in order to get to that goal. So I think those are just all the little things, I guess, um, that make me, me. Um, as far as accomplishing things in life and how I move forward in life. Well, you're a real spiritual person, I know. So, um, so I, I, I'm, I can only assume that you start your day with some kind of just chill out and meditation or prayer or something like that, or um, more or less you... like not meditation. Um, I know my wife is, is a, she definitely meditates. Um, I'm more, uh, you know, I guess you can call it prayer. Um, I don't say prayer, um, just you know, just thank you for the day. Thank you for being able to wake up. Just think, uh, thankful for my health. Thankful for um, just my kids and everything like that. So, like I said, it's always like some type of this positive um, affirmations and just kind of mm-hmm. just saying, today going to be a good day. Um, I'm going to, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to inspire at least one student a day. Um, we gonna, uh, today's going to be a great day of track practice. I'm, uh, my athletes are going to do well. We're going to have an injury-free injury, uh, day. Um, anything like that just to kind of, like, get my day going. And then, you know, and then from there, it's just, it goes from just keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's funny because my work is is mental health and mental wellness and stuff like that. And I always try to get people to understand it's like, you know, start your day off right. You know, for me, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So I'll spend, a, I get up like today, I was up at three o'clock in the morning and I'll just spend the first couple hours just, just chilling out, being thankful and all this kind of stuff. And, and people don't understand, like you're saying, you know, you get it on the right right foot it just starts to roll right and that positivity right. right it's just like but people are like so many people are like oh i don't have time i gotta get out the door it's like you don't have time not to get your priorities straight right agreed all right and i think people like you all when people say they don't have time i'm like you have time you just got you you have to you gotta make time for what's important and if not not setting yourself up for the day is important then that's that to me that's that's crazy to think like you you have to make 
Uh, people always say you make time for the things that you want out of life. And so that, that to me is 100% true. We all get the same, and I tell myself, we all get the same 24 hours. Ain't nobody 24 hours is different than, than anybody else. It's a matter of how you gonna utilize them 24 hours. And so I always tell them like, you have to prioritize what's important to you. And once you prioritize what's important to you, everything else kind of like should be able to, you should be able to work through everything else as far as that is considered. So like you said, getting up, like it, it don't kill you like that one, that extra, like if you even get up 20, 30 minutes earlier than what you normally do, just to kind of clear your mind and kind of just like put yourself into a positive state, it works um, it, to kind of keep the day going. And like, um, you know, for me, I make time to to go to the gym after, uh, and things like that. I make like, so I always say like, all right, I got my priorities. I know my priorities is to, you know, I got to go to work. I got to, I got to coach. I got to get son one, son two, son three to different activities after school. So now I'm like, hey, if my workout time is at eight, nine o'clock in the evening, that's my workout time. Because to me, it's a priority for my, for my physical health to, to actually stay in the gym and stay doing what I do. Um, Yes, I, I, I do the bodybuilding and things like that, but to me, my physical overall health is more important than anything. Because, you know, pe- most people are like, you're 41? I was like, I, they was like, you don't look like you're that old. And I was like, I know, because I take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on, on that note, then talk about habits. And so your hope and, and, and starting your day off on the right foot. So how do you balance? Because you... So again, I'm trying to fit it all in here, but you uh, you got your pro card as a bodybuilding, uh, a, a fit um, bodybuilder physique. Is that right? Yeah. Physique? Yeah. yeah. So I, I competed in bodybuilding as, as well when I was younger. But um, but so how do you balance? How do you personally, with all the things with your kids, your school and everything, balance the nutrition of it and the, and the fitness? Like, where do you fit it all in? Like, how do you, how do, you do that? Um, it's hard. Say right, right now, it's so hard. Um, prepping, meal prepping, workouts, and things of that nature. So I would say, one, I got a, um, a wife that's very supportive of things like that. So she'll make sure my, uh, she'll make sure that I got the food. She ain't cooking it though. She does. She'll make sure I got it. I, I was just, I was just going to say, we're going to have to edit this out because any woman who listens there are going to be like, no. So, <laughs> so you'll make sure that I have like all my chicken and my, beef, uh, my, um, ground turkey and things like that potatoes and rice and she'll make sure i have all the food but like i said she's definitely not cooking um so i'll <laughs> prep my stuff like on a sunday and a wednesday like i'm I'm cooking like, i'll cook like all of my stuff like and then i'll start packaging it and, and i'll have it so it's always with me i always tell people the easiest time for me to actually compete and do a prep is like when i'm in school, like during the school year and people are always like that for real i'm like because i can only take the food that I need to work and I don't have a, a whole kitchen full of distractions. <laughs> so when I, like, whenever I get ready to do a contest, like I said, it's always better for me to be at work versus the summertime. Cause in the summer, like I gotta like, and although I can stay disciplined, it's, it's a lot harder when you just open the cabinet and you go, oh man, we got Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, um, but once again, having a supportive family and things of that nature where, you know, hey, like, like you know, and I balance my schedule up like, all right, if I know I need to do cardio at 6 a.m. to kind of, you know, 
because I got things planned out through the day. Then I'm like, and then I'll be like, all right, I can lift at this time. I can do cardio at this time. Like it's like as crazy as it sounds, my life is on a is like on a Google calendar, and, and I'm being dead serious. Like like all, all everything is listed on a calendar as far as family events, sporting events, meetings, anything that's on that like I prioritize. Like okay, the calendar is is is, is first. Like so, whatever's listed on that calendar has a priority. Then I'll be like, all right, I'll look and say, all right, my free space is right here. This is the time I can go work out without it interfering with anything. And so that's how, I mean, my workouts, like I always tell people, they 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 stay consistent. And I got a great coach here at home that he um, he stays on top of me. He um, he's, uh, he's the mastermind behind everything that I do. Um, since we we've known each other since 2014, we competed against each other, and he um, he said he saw something in me that I ain't seeing myself. He was like, "Man, you you can literally be a pro." It was like you just suck at posing, and so <laughs> and he took me under his wing in 2016. The very first time he coached me in 2016 is when I became a pro, and he just been he's. He's been my, like, he's my, like, everything as far as when it comes to that aspect. Um, and I and I love him to death, you know. And, you know, we, we have moments where we can go completely dark and don't talk to each other for months. Um, and we just, we'll like each other's stuff on social media, and that's about as, as good. But I can text him. I can say anything to him. Um, and he'll be like, you ready to go? And I'll be like, yep, I'm ready to go. And then we'll just we'll get going and, and it's crazy like that. Um, his name is Gary. And I wrote a lot about him in my book too, and my book counted out because I'm so grateful for him for just being the person that he is. And uh, um, as far as just the the type of coach he is, he um, he's very no nonsense towards me. He'd be like, and he don't pull no punches and I love him for that. That's awesome. Hey, um so I was, uh, I'm a little, I'm older than you, but, um, I was, uh, I was really in the bodybuilding in the eighties. And so do you know Lee Haney? Yes. Lee that's Haney? my, that's my, that's my, that's one of my biggest idols. You, me too. But I got to tell you, man, like as soon as I, when I started listening to your interviews and things like that, I even told Char this morning, I was like, man, uh, Collier reminds me so much of Lee Haney balancing the family and the mindset and this, this, this and that. So, so I think to me, Lee Haney has always been one of my biggest, biggest heroes and inspirations. And and you actually remind me of Lee Haney and just with the way you balance it all with the spirituality yeah. and the family and stuff. It's crazy that you brought him up because like I used to, his poster used to be, but way when I, before I even thought about anything dealing with bodybuilding, I mean, like he had a poster and they had like, like, a couple of his posters, him, Arnold, and some other guys in, in my high school gym. When I was a kid, I but I for some reason like I hadn't like I wasn't into bodybuilding until like until later, way way later on in my life as far as competing and things like that. But I used to see his. I'm like, man, I want to be like him. I'm like he like even though I was a football player, a wrestler, I'm like yeah. that guy. I'm like that epitome of what the human body should oh. look like. So did you did you have the one where you're standing in New York just in the jeans? And yeah, there, that was amazing, right? <laughs> so I thought Lee Haney was just like everything, and um, and it was crazy because people were like, "Oh, you 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 can be built like him," and like like, but I just 
like, and I didn't know nothing about him until later on in life, as far as like, as you mentioned, his life and things of that nature. But I just like growing up as a kid, for some reason I idolized him. And then as I got older and I got into this thing, I just, I really respected him um, as far as this, just his accomplishments and things like that. And they, like, they call that thing like the golden era of bodybuilding. And that's like, to me, my favorite like era before they yeah. just got too dumb big. Um, <laughs> But it like the balance, it's the overall just his overall sculpture of his body to me was just yeah. like, like that was the, what I to me was a perfect blend of sport. Um, oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I fell in love with bodybuilding when I was fifteen in nineteen eighty six, and he was that was his second year or third year winning the Mister Olympia. And so I've always been a fan of him, but I, I was always a fan of him as a bodybuilder. I understood his, his um, you know, I understood his life. But as I got older, I realized like all those qualities that you have about balancing. It's one thing to be a great athlete. It's a whole nother thing to balance being a great athlete and being a father and being a husband and being a role model and all these things that you bring to the table that I, that, that I've learned to love so much about Lee Haney and respect so much about him. I mean, that, that's, that's something special. That's something that, you know, like Lee Haney said, there's only one Lee Haney in the lifetime. And I think there might be only one Corwin as well in the lifetime. Cause that's pretty amazing what you guys, both, both you guys do on the same level, I think. Yeah, and what people don't realize is this is a very it's a very selfish sport. It, to me, bodybuilding is one of the most selfish sports out there because you have to be so focused on you. And and like when I like the more and more I, I kind of link look look back and I started looking, I'm like, I see why most of these guys like either they single or they might have a girlfriend. Most of them probably got one kid if that or no kid like because you have to be so in tune with yourself and so just committed to yourself like when you're doing it because it's about my eating schedule it's about my workout schedule it's about um you know getting ready for this i gotta get to this contest i gotta do cardio i gotta like it's so much that goes into it that and I mean, granted, there are times like towards like the end of my prep and when I'm getting like I be like my wife, like she knows that I'm like, look, it's this is crunch time now. Like it's the last four, four, five weeks. Like I gotta like, you know what I'm saying? This is like I need you to handle the majority of whatever my sons are gotta do so I can really, you know what I'm saying, bring this all together. So it's a like like I said, um, it's a when when you're just talking about balance and things like that. It, because it's definitely one to me is a very selfish sport. Well, like I say, I mean, if you can find the balance of it, I just wanted to tell a really quick story because I was a bodybuilder, but I was also a boxer. And I remember as a bodybuilder, I'd be like, like, okay, I got to eat. I got every, you know, I got to eat and I got to get my sleep and I got to do this and that. But the training was, you know, it was hard, but it wasn't as a boxer, I'd be running and I'd be training so hard in the boxing gym. But when I wasn't boxing, I was eating pizza and, and drinking at the, you know, cause I was a nightclub bout, you know, it was like totally like the training as a boxer was like, as you know, track probably was way harder than the, than the bodybuilding, but the lifestyle of bodybuilding is like, that's what gets you. Like the yeah. eating, the sleep, the, I got to do all the different parts of it. Right. Yeah. It's definitely it's a lot that goes into it that most people don't realize that it, it, it's 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 a lot and like you said it's, it's a lot. you got 
you got to be on point with everything in order for your body to just, you know, to do what it needs to do in order to get to the to where you can be quote unquote stage ready. And although people be like, oh man, you look good. You'd be like, nah, this ain't it, this ain't it. Like, <laughs> oh, we're ready. this is like, I gotta be better. And so yeah. like, it's it's a crazy type um, sport and it's, a, it's, and it's, I mean, but I love the journey of it. I love doing it. I mean, I took I took the um, last year off um, to focus um, strictly on my son because my son is a senior. He's about to graduate this year. So I, my, as we say priorities, my priority is him. He is my priority. And him graduate, and um, he is a track athlete like me. And we're in the process of um, his recruiting and trying to uh, finish out his signing and things like that. So, like I told you, the selfishness of the sport. I just felt like I had to step away from it and and not like I've had my time in the sun, um, and now it's about him. And it's all like I said. He is the priority. He is the most important thing to me right now because he's about to be the first one of my boys to, you know, walk that stage and go into this next phase of his life. So I can always return to the stage at any given point in time in my life. So like I said, and we've been kind of like I said, we've been talking about these priorities, 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 you know, and, and balance. That is where I'm at right now. So nice. And so that, and that's why I love my coach because he he's very understandable. It's like he knows like I'm a big family person. Nice, nice. Well, I know because as you said, you everything's on the schedule, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But I just want to ask you just a couple more questions. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew where they could get your book. I wanted to make sure that, uh, um, yeah, I mean. Well, for what, here's one one more question I really want to make sure I ask because we're talking about the fitness and balancing it in. You're a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. What would you? What advice would you give to kids? Because I mean, a lot of kids they're struggling to make it uh, eat properly and do all those things. What advice would you give to these kids who are going to school and this and that to start moving in that direction of health mindset, but also healthy body eating, all that kind of stuff. Um, I always tell my students like, um, and it's in it's in uh, Men's Health magazine. I always tell them you got. Like you got one mind, one body, and one lifestyle. What you do with the first two overall makes the last one. So what you do with your mind and what you do with your body creates your entire lifetime. And you pollute your mind, which is negativity and things like that, and you pollute your body, which is junk food and, and, and unhealthy stuff, you're going to create a lifetime of just problems. But as long as you're feeding yourself positive things, I always tell them, you know what I'm saying, read. I always tell my students, read. I don't care if it's reading on your phone, a book on your phone. Um, I always tell them, you know, go out and seek more. Learn more. You know, I I can only give you the basics as a teacher. That's what I, we, I always tell them, I say, I tell my students all the time, there's a difference between education and knowledge. You get an education in school. Knowledge is what you go and seek. And so I always tell them that's like, I give you the, the, the small bit, go out there and figure out the rest because ain't nobody going to tell you the rest. And yeah. then I always tell them, I'm like, eating is a very, I'm like, yes, I love wings, quesadillas, pizza. I like <laughs> cookies. I like, I like yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> it tastes good. I'm like, what? that you know being uh, because I tell you, I teach in a predominantly um, urban school predominantly uh, black school I said we are predisposed to certain things I'm like we predisposed to diabetes high blood pressure heart uh, disease I said so why why 
create, keep, keep the trend going. Like find a way, I'm like, find a way to put healthy things into your body. Um, there's nothing wrong with eating vegetables and fruits and, and, um, and things of that nature. Um, finding lean meats and things like that. Like it's nothing wrong with that. I always try to tell them like, you know, like create good habits now. I'm like, instead of going to get that bag of chips, go get like some, like there, go get a trail mix. I'm like, that's a better option. It's a better choice. So I always try to encourage them. And they, and I think them seeing me as a bodybuilder and a slash teacher is it, like, because they'll see me uh, in the middle of class, break out a meal and start eating. And, and mm-hmm. while I'm, um, which has been done numerous times, I'll be like, hold up, I got to, like, it's, it's, it's about 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, I, I they have they have all seen me do it um, throughout my uh, teaching career, and, and so they understand that. And me being a coach and um, and and tracking things like that, I definitely encourage my athletes. I always say, "Hey, how you feel your feel your body is how you perform." I'm like, and so we always I know we use this old school term from like oh, like back in the day. Would you put regular gas in a Ferrari? No. You you're gonna put premium gas in it, just like so. Why would you fill your body with junk and think that it's gonna perform at a high level? So I always tell my my track athletes like that. I'm like, okay, you you eat them flaming hot uh, chips, and you are gonna have fl- a flaming hot performance. Not that I'd like you are, but you <laughs> won't be on the level that you think you're gonna be in. But I'm like, mm. eat granola. Have a have a turkey sandwich and an apple or something like that. I'm like that's putting something better into your body that you're gonna is gonna help you excel to the next level. So, I mean, I definitely promote healthy mind, healthy um, and healthy eating habits as a teacher and and as a coach. To me, that's important because it's just like I said, I I want kids to understand that the better you take care of your body, the better. The longer you, uh, the longer life that you can have, and uh, and like I said, most people don't believe me that I'm the age that I am. Well, I'm hell, hell, even my students don't even believe I'm the age that I am. Um, they when I tell them, I'm like, I've been out of school for 23 years. He's like, really? That <laughs> old? I'm like, yeah. It's about like I drink a lot of water and I eat healthy. So yeah, those are nice. the looking young. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, wow, I had so much fun talking with you. So. I want to make sure again that people know where to go to get your book. And also before we end, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that you're on a schedule. <laughs> um, but uh, is there anything else that you want to kind of, that you really want to get off your, off your mind before we end this? Um, well, my book you can get, uh, it's called um, off my website. It's called call your elite CC.com. I'll call your elite CC.com. You okay. order it off. Um, I sign every book that people purchase. So it's not like um, you just going to get the, like you pay for the book and I ship it to you. No, I actually take the time to sign it, put some type of message in there to any and everybody. I don't, whether I know you personally or you just someone who just randomly ordered a book, I'm going to at least say something positive to you. Um, and the only other thing I want to say is just that um what I always tell people is uh, don't let live your life in a box. Uh, don't let people define you and tell you that you're only, you can only be this. Um, you can be whatever you want to be, be the greatest version of yourself. Um, achieve as much as you want in life. And success is based on happiness. 
It ain't based on money. It ain't based on anything else. Success is based on happiness. Create the best, uh, create the happiest life you possibly can create and you have been successful. And to me, that is, I feel like once I leave this place, um, I have been successful. I don't care about, you know, anything else. I have created a life of positivity for people and I feel successful. I may never be the richest and I may not anything else, but I am happy and I'm successful. So those are the things. Well, as I said, I'm, I'm a real fan. I'm, I'm you. I just find you to, to be amazing. And it was just so, it was really fun to, to talk with you. And I, I, I really look forward to continuing our connection in one way or another. Um, yeah. So, so thanks a lot so much, so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm glad we was able to connect. Um, it was, it was, it was, um, it's been fun. It's been real. Um, I'm pretty sure we will definitely stay um, connected. Um, so, you know, this, like I said, it's been a great journey um, throughout this whole process. And, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to, to know that, you know, you were a part of it and so on. Uh, along with so many other guys that I may never have the opportunity to talk to. I'm glad that, you know, you were, you were one of the guys in the top one, the top 10. So it's pretty dope to kind of know that, you know, we was able to kind of make this connection as, you know, I, 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 I got to know Brad, I got to know Felipe. I don't know if I'll ever talk to the other guys who were in that, uh, the top spots, but I'm, I'm elated um, that once again, we were able to connect and it's been, it's been awesome. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, hey, because you're, I just want to end on this note, because you're a spiritual person and you have faith and all that stuff. I know I'm just asking you, I'm just asking you, pray to you to, to pray for me, pray for my Seahawks, Seahawks 49ers today, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got, I got some, I got some, uh, I got some FanDuel uh, 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 parlays on that. <laughs> Oh man, me and my wife have just been just like, oh man, today, 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 today. So pray, brother. Yeah, I got. Yeah, trust me, I, I got some. Uh, I'm hoping the Seahawks upset the 49ers. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm definitely on that. Uh, that bandwagon. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Cool. Well, uh, have a great, great, uh, great rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time, um, and I'll reach out to you whenever. All right. Sounds awesome. You got to enjoy the rest of your day. You too, brother. Thank you all so much for joining us, as always. We love hearing from you, so if you have comments, questions about the episode, topics you want us to cover, or anything else, you can find us on Instagram as Loving Goliath, on Facebook as The Goliath Foundation, you can email us at lovinggoliath at gmail.com, or you can find out more information about The Goliath Foundation thegoliathfoundation.com. Hey, did you know that 36% of our listeners tune in through Apple Podcasts? If that's you and you liked what you heard today, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye!